Hi, this is Pastor Curtis. I want to thank you for checking out the Family Church Podcast. I hope it encourages you and inspires you to take your next step of faith. You can find out more about how to do that at our website, familychurch.xyz. And if you know a friend who needs to hear this message, please forward it on to them. I hope you enjoy the message. Uh, I want to share a story. This may be hard to believe, but one time, for two weeks straight, I lifted weights regularly. Like, this is the workout. I'm going to do it. I'm going to stick with it. And I lifted weights for two weeks, and I went over to the mirror to flex, and there was nothing there to flex. So I gave up lifting weights. I don't know if anyone else can relate to that. I was like, I was doing the right thing. I had a good plan. I did it until I didn't. I gave up because I didn't see the results. And that's how it can be. We often overestimate what we can accomplish in the short term, and we underestimate what we can accomplish in the long term. We set out with these big goals, right? We start a new year, and we have big goals. I'm going to do this, and then, well, that's a lot harder to reach than we thought. And we, we overestimate what we can do in the short term, but we underestimate what we can accomplish in the long term. I'm going to show you a graph. This is from James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. <clears throat> We think that when we start a good habit, when we start doing something good, we're going to have this immediate but, you know, slow, gradual increase. We think that we're going to start seeing results right away, but the reality is it's going to take time before it compounds. And that little part called the valley of disappointment, that's the give up gap. That's where many of us give up on the good habits because we don't see the results. So we wrongly conclude, I did the right thing but I didn't see the benefit. I got up and I read my Bible. I read my Bible that day, but it didn't encourage me. In fact, depending on where you're reading the Bible, it might have just confused you. If you're in First Chronicles, for example, Leviticus. You read your Bible and you're like, uh, how, how do, what, what does this mean for me in 2021 when I need to go to work and I need to raise my kids and I'm trying to do... You know, one time, yeah, one time, probably not going to change your life. But the Word is living and active, but we got to get the word in us. we got to be in the word daily. It's the overtime. We go to church one time and we're still the same person that we were like, well, why didn't, why didn't going to church fix me or solve my problems? Or we, we know that we want community and we know that we should have, you know, kind of a group that we're encouraging other and spurring one another on and doing all those one another. So we join a growth group or we go to a growth group and you don't feel instant connection and maybe it was a little awkward. And so you, I did the right thing, but I didn't see the, the reward. So where does that leave me? We wrongly conclude that good decisions don't have a positive impact. Then on the flip side, we do something negative. We skip church. Nothing really changed. We don't read a Bible for a day. No real impact on my life. We go to the buffet and have the extra dessert. Didn't gain any weight. So we wrongly conclude the poor decision, the unwise, unhealthy decision, didn't have a negative impact. And the wise, the good, healthy decision didn't have a positive impact and we kind of, well, you know, I had those goals, but I don't know. We draw the wrong conclusion because the healthy, the good decision does matter over time. Point number two, neglect is cumulative as well. If you neglect, and we don't think of it as neglect. We might view it more as procrastination. We're like, oh, you know, we should get around to it, but neglect is cumulative as well. The most obvious answer is in your, your finances. If you spend more money than you make, it's going to add up, right? You're going to start to see that, that debt, the bills are going to pile up. That debt level is going to rise. But you can justify it. You can say, well, you know, it's nothing compared to the national debt, and people don't even seem to care about the national debt anymore, so what's the problem? 
academically, right? We can put it off, put it off, put it off, procrastinate. And then there's probably gonna be poor results. <clears throat> Relationally, if you work late or, or, or do the extra stuff or, or you wanna go out and do this and, and you're not at home and you miss family dinner or you, or you miss the, the, the do this with the kids, one time, you're not sleeping on the couch that night, but over time, for a season of life, if you're continually, relationally, putting yourself first and prioritizing other people down here, well, that type of selfish ambition is gonna get you in a place where you're gonna hurt the people closest to you because it's gonna compound over time. It's gonna build up and eventually there's a reckoning. There's a, there's a train wreck. There's, some, there's a mountain of debt. There's frustration and a broken heart. There's an F. Procrastination is our default. It doesn't take any intentionality. It doesn't take any work to procrastinate. But procrastination eventually will lead to regret. Point number three, there's no cumulative value to the random things that we opt for over the important things. The random things that we choose to do because we enjoy them, because they're comfortable for us, because they're just our default habit. A Duke University study showed that 40% of what we do on a daily basis, we don't even think about, right? Have you ever went to the fridge and, and you were looking for stuff in the fridge before you, like, how did I even get here? I didn't, I don't even need, I'm not even hungry, but out of habit, we do certain things. And this is good. Our brains are wired this way. We should not have to think about tying our shoes, right? Have you ever driven to work and you realize, I don't, I don't even know how I got to work. I was just on autopilot, right? That's okay. Our brains are wired biologically to do that. But some things we do without thinking that we should probably put some more thought into it. And that's God's plan for us too, because God says, teach us to number our days. What are we, how are we spending our days? The unwise person is okay with the default. It's okay with the autopilot. The wise person realizes, well, I have a purpose and knows that my life is too short, and my calling is too great to waste it on, on autopilot, on default. The random things of Wikipedia, random information. I've been there before. Of looking on Amazon for things, I'm just gonna put it in my cart for a couple of weeks when payday comes. Of scrolling on Instagram. A lot of times it's technology. We choose easy or comfortable over valuable. And I don't know if anyone ever been here, there'll be a little fight, like a little cat fight, right? Like a little six-year-old, four-year-old cat fight in my living room. And Lauren will be like, what are you doing? Are you not gonna stop this fight? And I'll look up from my phone that has sucked me in for the past five minutes and I'll say, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know where I was because I was choosing the comfortable, random thing that had no real value on my life over the present and the moment where I should probably be focusing on my kids. We choose easy or comfortable over valuable, and that's not the direction we want to go in life. We have to break through the natural to get to the valuable to, to focus on the direction. If you look at any pro athlete, right, and you ask a pro athlete about the routine or how they got to where they were, they'll talk about how the workout routine, right, the film study, right, the steps that they did, the steps that they did, they were not natural. It was not easy. They chose the valuable of doing the hard work over the natural what the other people do to reach that level. And I'm not saying in here we need to work to be pro athletes, but I am saying, can we learn a lesson from the intentionality that they approach each day and apply some of that to our own lives? I think we can. God's plan is for us to be wise. God's plan is for us to be wise, but wisdom doesn't come by accident or by default. It does 
come when we, when we seek his face, when we start the day with him, when we say, when we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives and ask for wisdom and ask for strength. I wanna read a verse in Genesis. And this verse in Genesis, this, this, this clues us into something so important about the nature of God. In, in Genesis uh, chapter eight, verse 22, it says, as long as the earth endures. Now this is in Genesis, right? This is the first book of the Bible. This is a long time ago. As long as the earth endures. He's about to tell us something. So we should lean in for this because think about how long, think about how much the earth has changed since this moment, right? Since the flood, how much has the earth changed? Since Jesus walked the earth, how much has the earth changed? Since our founding fathers wrote the declaration, how much has our earth changed? Since 1990, how much has our earth changed? But God tells us this, as long as the earth endures, this is my operating system, this is my iOS, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. We don't know the future. The future can seem scary. The future can seem intimidating and unknown. But God says this, as long as the earth endures, this is gonna remain the same. There's gonna be a, 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 a planting. There's gonna be a seed time, a planting time, and there's gonna be a harvest. There's gonna be cold and heat. There's gonna be summer and winter. This is going to continue as long as the earth remains. God is saying, I'm a God of seasons. Things don't happen overnight. Things take time. What happens when you plant a seed in the ground? Nothing. What happens the next day? Go back and look at it. Nothing. The next day, you can water it, water it the next day. But it takes time. And finally, right, you start to see the first growth. What do you do in that first growth? It's not time to harvest yet. God is saying, I'm a God of seasons. I've instituted seasons. And Galatians says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. We reap what we sow. And each day, we have time that we can sow. Each day we have time that we can sow, that we can invest in certain activities. We get to decide. Now, let's be honest. Is there a big chunk of our day that we don't really get to determine that much of? Yeah, right? A lot of us have work. A lot of us have school. So we can't, some of that stuff, we can't, we can't change that. But what about the time that we do have? And how can we be more intentional? How can we be more wise about the time that we have and putting ourselves on a trajectory that is going to get us to where, to where God wants us to be. And ultimately, that's where we want to be too because we probably, us and God, we actually want the same thing. As much as you might think God wants to maybe, you know, ruin your life or make your life, God, God wants the same thing because this is what God wants for your life. He wants your life to be full of love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, patience, self-control. Is that the life that you want to live? Yes, that's what we want. And that's God's plan because when we submit to the Holy Spirit and surrender to him, that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's what's gonna be active in our lives. We don't want that. You, you want the opposite of that. You want a life of like heartache, heartbreak, anxiety, fear, loneliness, out of control, no self-control. Well, well, no, we do. Us and you and God, we and God, we actually have this. We, we want the same thing for our lives. But we can't be mocked. Whatever we're investing, whatever we're spending our time in, there's gonna be a harvest. There's gonna be a dividend from that. God understands that small deposits over time make all the difference. Now, here's why we can sometimes think that things should happen quickly or supernaturally because God can save us in a moment, right? God's grace is that good. We cannot earn salvation. Salvation is a free gift. So yes, in one moment, you can pray and you can receive the free gift of salvation and his grace is enough and your shame can be gone and your sins can be forgiven. That can happen in a moment. But sometimes I think we take that and we think, well, shouldn't I renew my mind as quickly? Shouldn't I, like everything else? Shouldn't well, God is a God of seasons. And it takes time and we, we reap what we sow and we got to plant and we got to harvest because small deposits over time make all the difference. Paul said in Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, 
Be very careful then. Be very careful as if, if you're not careful, you're not gonna do this. Be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. A lot of translations say redeeming the time because the days are evil. Paul's like, when it comes to how you live, the way that you spend your time, you should be very careful. You should make the most of every opportunity. What's every opportunity? It's every day. When it comes to the way you live and the time that you spend, you should redeem the time. You should make the most of every opportunity. And then he says, it's almost like if you don't, if you don't decide, well, the days are evil and you're gonna be pulled, you're gonna, be, you're gonna drift or be sucked into this direction of this is how the world lives. And the world says, you gotta watch that new show on Netflix. And you gotta watch it all in one sitting and, and, and binge it all, right? And the world says, oh, who needs balance? Let's go overboard with the way that we spend because we, gotta, we need and we need and we, we become consumers, right? Be very careful in how you live because the days are evil and we will, we will be pulled this direction. That's, not, that's unwise. Wise is, where should, where should I be focused today? God, what do, you, what do you have for me today? Is there somebody that I need to love today? Is there somebody that I need to reach out to today? And the best thing that we can do is start each day spending that time with God. One time won't change your life. Two times won't change your life. But over time, the cumulative value, you will renew your mind. You will get in the word and the word will get in you and it will transform you. You will be a new creation. The old will pass away and God will create, right? We'll become more like Jesus, right? Jesus said, we're gonna, we're gonna decrease. He's gonna increase. Well, how does that happen? By spending time with him daily, by knowing him more. Be very careful then how you live. So here's a question for you as we close. Where do you need to begin to make consistent time deposits? Where do you need to start? And I would say start small. And that, that might be what you need to hear today, that you need to start small. A lot of times at the new year, people have big goals, right? I need to lose 50 pounds. I need to run three miles a day. I need to, I need to do this. And then I'm not gonna eat any chips. I'm not gonna eat any sweets. And then by now, right, by Dr. King Day, we're, we're like, ooh, well, I kind of failed on that, so back to my default. Maybe you need to start small because small deposits over time make all the difference. If you want a better relationship with your spouse, this is what I started doing uh, last year. I bought a devotional. It was a 365-day devotional. And what I love about this devotional that I bought is it didn't have like January 1, January 2, January 3. It actually just had the days numbered, like day one through day 365. So all right, we did, Lauren and I read it through the year. And at the end of the year, we had gone about 298 days. We didn't, we didn't get every day. But guess what? Was 298 days better than one or two or zero days? Yeah. And you know, our, our marriage grew. And you can ask her, right? She would tell you right now, we have the strongest marriage that we've ever had. And it's not just because we did a devotional almost every night and we prayed after that. It's because we spent time with God every morning too, right? We're, we're, we're renewing our mind, right? If, if praying with your spouse is, uh, is intimidating, like, I, I don't know where to start with that. That seems like a lot. Just do this, right? Just take them by the hand, take, hold their hand, and just each of you thank God for one day and start right there. Right, just, just, a, just a little step. You can do that. Just a, just a baby step. And if you build on that, right, if you stick with that, don't even think about building on it. Take that back. Don't even think about it. Just stick with that. Just stick with that and see what happens. The baby step. If you tried, I'm going to read the Bible in a year, and now you're like, well, I've missed a couple of days, and We'll, we'll shrink that goal back. Don't try to read the five chapters a day, whatever it is. Try to read one chapter or 10 verses. Make it so small that you can't fail. Right? 
the habits that I built for myself this year, just speaking super practical, this, this is where I'm at. In a lot of areas, you know, I'm going the right direction, but man, when it came to my physical health, I got, I got some room for improvement. So I made a couple goals. So this is what I'm going to do every day. One of the things that I do is when I get to work, I work at the school, I work at the middle school. If you know Wellsville, my classroom is basically like the nursing home. Like I'm the far end of the middle school. So when I go to my classroom, I'm basically at the middle school, or by, the, by the nursing home, right? Way down at that end of the building. So the first thing I do when I get to work, before I even check my email, because my email could suck me in, I take a lap. I go all the way down to the high school. I go to the commons. I go by the gym and I walk back to my, my classroom, right? Why do I do that? Just, it's a habit. It's a habit. I don't even think about it. I just go get my steps in. Because it's getting me a little bit healthier. Now, if I would have said I was going to run two miles every day, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have stuck with it because <laughs> I'm not in shape right now, right? I'd get shin splints. I'd say, it's too cold out. I'd talk myself out of it because that's how we are. We, we, we have that, that salesman in our head that's great at selling us on bad ideas. I decided that I need to eat a little bit healthier because the girls will have a snack. And naturally, when I'm making a plate for the girls, well, I need a snack too. And so I decided I'm going to journal. I'm going to write down everything that I eat. It's easy. It's easy to do. It takes me maybe a minute during the day. I just write down. I write, write down. It's an easy thing to do. Now, if I said I'm not going to eat any sweets, I wouldn't have stuck with it. If I would have said I'm not going to eat any chips, I wouldn't have stuck with it. But when I am making a snack for the girls, and I know that if I eat Cheetos, I literally have to write Cheetos in my journal. Well, I don't even know how to spell Cheetos correctly because there's like the apostrophe in there. And it's just a, it's a little change. It's a small it's a small thing that I've stuck with it. Where do you need to make consistent time deposits? Never underestimate what God can do with a small act of obedience. Never underestimate what God can do with a small act of obedience, a small habit change that tomorrow it's not gonna, it's not gonna change anything. But if you stick with it a year, is it gonna get you closer to the parent you wanna be, to the spouse you wanna be, to the child of God that you wanna be as you're renewing your mind and you're spending time with him? Those, those little changes over time make all the difference. I love this verse from, from Zechariah 4.10. Do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord, rejo- the Lord rejoices to see the work. What work do you need to begin? Keep it small for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. What's your biggest obstacle? What's your biggest obstacle from, from reading your Bible every day? What's your biggest obstacle from spending more time with the kids? What's your biggest obstacle from joining a growth group? What's your biggest obstacle from saving money or giving financially to the, cho- to, to the church to invest in kingdom work and build up your treasure in heaven? What's your biggest obstacle from the person that God has called you to be and moving in that direction? My, my guess is if you wrote down, what's my biggest obstacle from spending daily time in God's word? Why am I not reading my Bible? If you write it down, guess what? You would probably think of a way, well, I can overcome that. I can, I, can, I can beat that obstacle. What's your biggest obstacle? When you make a habit, <clears throat> this was from James Clear and Atomic Habits. He spent years studying habits, and he said, you're 40% more likely to stick with that habit if you write it down. So whatever it is, the work that God wants, the, the small thing, write it down. You're 70% more likely if you write it down and you tell someone. So how many of you think I'm going to keep walking at school? I just told all of you, right, that I was going to do it. And I write it down. And you know what I do? I write it down actually each day in my planner. So after, I, not right at that moment, but later in that day, I check it off. So it's, I, have that, I have that check mark of, I did, I got, I, got the, I got my walking trips in, right? Is it through two miles? No, but it's just that little, like, a little success of, I said I was going to do it, and I did it. 
it's building, building on something. I'm moving in the right direction. Do I have room to go? Of course I do. I've got a lot of room to go, but I'm, I'm building that direction. I hesitate to do this, but I do just want to share one area where I've been consistent and I've seen just a tremendous impact on my life is in Bible reading. If you have the YouVersion app, you know that at the end of the year, they gave you your little snapshot year in review. Year in review. So a couple weeks ago, this was my snapshot, my, my year in review uh, from the Bible app. Last year uh, in the Bible app, I, I got I, every day. I got in the Bible app every day. Might not have been a lot every day, but every day, right? I, cons- I consistently, it's just a habit. It's, it's part of my daily routine. I don't miss it. It's just, it's part of what I do. It says, before I do anything else, that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm opening up God's word. Before I, before I check my email, before I check, tech, open it, going straight to God's word. It's just, just a habit. And I, I, I don't say that all to, to boast. I just say, well, that's one area where, you know, where, where I built in the habit and the habit has had a positive impact on my life as it has renewed my mind. For Lauren and I, a few years ago, uh, we, we started to take control of our finances and work to get debt-free. And I, I almost didn't tell you this story because we're not debt-free yet. You know, we've paid over $100,000 of debt off, and, and we're still not there. And I, I know that's a jarring number, but man, sometimes that just piles up. <laughs> we weren't wise early on in our marriage. But Lauren made the decision, and, and she has the notebooks to prove it. We have tracked for years every dollar that we spent. She could literally, you could say, March 2018, what did you spend money on? And she could pull open the notebook, and she could tell you what we spent money on in March 2018. Because she tracked it. She tracked it, and we are more thoughtful about where the money goes. And we're, we're super close to being debt-free. And all the, time, the whole time, we're like, we're putting God first in our finances, right? Anytime we get paid, we're giving to God. And we're just gonna, we're gonna track it. We're gonna be responsible. We're gonna be good stewards of the money that we have. And it has freed us up to, I can't even remember the last fight we had about money. And early on in our marriage, we had a lot of fights about money because I was a cheapskate. Success is not five years from now. Success is not when we get debt-free, right? And we can do that Dave Ramsey debt-free shout. That is not success. Now that's great. We should celebrate that. But success is all along the way. Success is in March when she wrote everything down and we made our student loan and and, and we paid our bills. That's success. Did we celebrate that? No, we just did it. But we should because success uh, success is not an event in the future. Success is not five years from now or two years from now where you finally reach that finish line. Success is being faithful and obedient today. Success is being faithful and obedient today. So as the Holy Spirit is nudging you, and you probably already know what it is, as God is saying, hey, this is the area where I want you to step out. This is the area where I want you to begin the small work. And if you're not sure, ask, God, who do you want me to become? The the, the parent, the friend, the the, the follower of Jesus? In what area? Who do you want me to become? And how can I I start making progress? And how can I set a, a goal, something that I'm gonna stick with? Because success is daily being faithful and obedient. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this time together. And Jesus, we do want to be more like you. We know that we must decrease and you must increase. So Father, help us. Help us with these, these practical things. Help us to, to build the habits that are gonna make us more like Jesus, that are gonna help us follow you. Father, we invite the Holy Spirit into this area. We Man, on our own, man, it would be tough, but we're gonna, we invite the Holy Spirit into this area and we ask that you will give us the strength to help us move in, move in the direction that you have for us. So thank you, Father. Thank you that the, for the work that you're doing in our lives. Help us to plant seeds so that we will reap a harvest. 
that we will not give up, but that we will reap the harvest that you have for us. Jesus, and I just pray that if there is someone in here that needs to make that first decision to follow you, to forgive their, to, to have forgiveness of sins and to spend eternity with you in heaven, they can do that. You can say that. You can, you can just make that decision today. All it takes is, is admitting that you're a sinner, that you've, that you've messed up, believing that God can, can save you and asking God for forgiveness, confessing that he is Lord and that you want to follow him. And if you're making that decision to ask Jesus to forgive your sins and you're making that decision to follow him and look to him as the Lord of your life, and we just wanna celebrate with you. Amen. If you are making that decision, then just, I invite you to, uh, to mark it on your Connect card and just let us know so we can celebrate with you. It's the best decision that you could ever make. And if you are, if there is an area where you're stepping out and, and, and having a small beginning, I just invite you, write it down, tell someone. Thank you for being here. Dad will be back next week for part four of the time of your life. Uh, have a great week.